it's important just to point your compass towards joy. And play like you, be like you, and don't overthink it. We, we should have hit record 10 minutes ago. <laughs> right, I mean, once it gets deep into like, especially practice, because that's, that's the thing I think that everyone struggles with. And that's what I was going through, you know, with the campers was like, we have to be able to identify the difference between playing and practicing. And we have to be, I think, you know, my normal word for a week of camp is usually um, surrender. You got to surrender to the camp. Like you got to just allow that this, you're not going to, you're not going to beat the system here. Just surrender to the moment. This week, it was all about acceptance. Like you have to not only accept who you are and what you are in the kit, but you have to accept why you are at the level you're at. Like when I start digging into people's lives and be like, okay, so give me the work life. Um, got a nine to five. All right. Well, what time do you get up? Get up at six. Okay, so you have two hours to get ready. Um, do you have kids? Yeah, I've got three kids. So you only have two hours to do all of your life before you have to be at work. Of course, you didn't have time to practice. What happens when you get home? Um, my kids, you know, need my attention, and then I try to spend some time with the wife, and it's like, and then you go to bed. So why are you surprised that you're struggling with this stuff? Yeah. Like, you don't have a drummer's life. A drummer wakes up generally at noon and then just <laughs> drums all day. Like, so you can't yeah. be surprised. At that, we have to accept, like, well, there, this is the way it is because of the limited amount of time I have. And maybe you're actually doing really freaking good for how little time you actually get to practice on the kit. I know, man. I, I sometimes feel like I take the piss. I'm like, I should be so much better at the drums than I am. <laughs> like, I genuinely should be. Like, I have hours in the day and I, this is what I do for a job. So I'm always playing and I'm always. Um, behind the kit but whether I'm practicing or not is a whole different story but that's what's so cool about what I said to you just before we hit record five minutes a day on something that I'm really struggling with yes. just five minutes that can do it for me mate that can do it if I'm consistent and that's the key word if I'm consistent I can see progress and I love it man so yeah five minutes a day on my left foot. five minutes is more than enough of, of like yeah. you said a focused thing instead of well, I, I, I practice for five minutes and I ask, what did you do? And it's like, I jammed to a song. It's like, okay, that's, that's playing, you know? Uh, yeah. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, and I know I mentioned it on other podcasts, but Ralph Peterson, when he was here, jazz legend, um, the late, great Ralph Peterson, he basically, he was doing an online masterclass for our students a long time ago. This is probably six, seven years ago. And he just said, you know, somebody asked him, like, how do you define practice? And he said, practice, uh, basically if you wish someone heard what you just did, you were playing. And if you wish no one heard what you just did, you were practicing. Love and I that. think that's the easiest way to define it. Yeah. I mean, if someone walked past this container, they would never have guessed that inside there was a professional drummer who does this right. for a living. Like genuinely, it, was, it would have been so embarrassing. In actual fact, if someone walked past when Travis was playing the drums, they would have been like, yeah, that whatever I've just heard is better than what was playing before. Right. When that full grown man was playing. And if someone so knocked and you opened the door, they would say, <laughs> who, who are you teaching? Like, nope, just me. Just <laughs> yeah. pro drum ready throw. And that's yeah. the thing is like the stuff I'm working on right now. Every, I think that's a really common question for. Um, I used to ask that question of every pro drummer I met. What are you working on? What are you working on? Because I was always working on something. And most of them would say nothing. And I'm like, no, that's not possible. And I realized, yeah, like the the more you grow, eventually you kind of run out of stuff to work on. So all you're doing really is fine tuning everything you can do. And maybe you even have a vocabulary that you actually enjoy. So you're like, I'm kind of good. Like I'm good, not I'm good, but I'm good with what, what I have. I'm, I'm satisfied with it. I just wish it was better. That's totally yeah. fine. But what you're saying 
is how incredibly wonderful it is to be at that level and then stumble upon this new thing. Not only that you can't do, we can all find things, you know, on Instagram in a second that we can't do, but what do you, what can you not do that you wish you could? And that's where it sounds like you're at right now with this left foot exercise. It is, man. I've, like I said before, man, it's my left foot was just non-existent because of the music I played. Um, and the fact I used a double bass pedal. So sitting down with you especially and then sitting down with like freddie as well i just it made me realize that oh my god man not only are you guys like actually keeping your left foot going all the time you're using it as like another instrument not just a timekeeper um, right. it's a so voice. it's cool man yeah it's exactly it's a voice so it's really cool to actually just sit down and actually get better at something and see the progress just after f- five minutes a day literally literally five minutes when i say five minutes i mean that <laughs> I'm in, and but, out. I'm in and I'm out. But it is cool to return to it the next day and have another five minute session and be like, I'm further along than I was the day before. Yeah, That's how you know the practice is working. And I think we all need to come to terms with, we need less, I don't know your grading system over there, but we need less C minuses in our lives and more and more A's. Meaning mm-hmm. like, I'll take three fills that I can do at an A. Do you have A star? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, we have yeah, A plus. See, I've been listening to them British podcasts. <laughs> I know about the A-star. Um, but we need like three fills at an A-star level rather than 10 fills at a C at a C level where you flub through them. It's like, yeah, but just do something with confidence. I mean, just play quarter notes with confidence. Scat, doom, doom, scat, boom, Yeah. From that moment on, people are like, woo. But if you said, scat, dad, sorry <laughs> then there's it's like who cares how cool is about to be you yeah you apologized exactly. on the crash symbol exactly mate um okay. anyway how was um how was your week you had a busy week didn't you i did and it was an amazing camp but before we get to that i have to go okay. back to you because 90 okay. percent of all drumming podcasts in the world that and that might be an over exaggeration because I, I don't really listen to any of them but <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of them would do what we just did, which is six minutes of talk about an exercise you're working on, but not explain the exercise. Maybe we <laughs> yeah, should tell them what true. you're working on. True. I mean, we don't, we, let's not hide the cookies. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll just explain it. And then you actually explain it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so I'm just going through. So I'm playing a very simple groove and I'm playing the ones of uh, I'm playing. I'm playing the ones. So one E and uh, two E and three. So in my head, I'm just playing the numbers with my left foot. Yep. And then I'm playing the E's. So one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a. And then I'm playing the ands and then the ah. So I'm just going through the grid system of one E, one E and a with my left foot, which I've never done before. So it, it's one of those exercises or one of those things that like, it sounds so simple on paper that sometimes you just completely disregard it, but it's actually really, really difficult. Yeah. I found it really hard playing the R, really, really hard and really hard coming back uh, around for the next number, so to speak. That's how I feel it and see it in my head. Yeah, the but turnaround's yeah, tough. Because really, you have the, oh, one, really tough. chick, chick. Yeah, so you're gridding your left foot against a basic pop beat. Exactly. I'm just boom. And I'm actually playing with my right hand on the rim. It helps me sort of just keep count. Yeah. And it also helps me like hear the hi-hat a little bit more. But honestly, mate, that that dead simple exercise, around that sort of tempo, it's keeping me going five minutes a day. And I'm seeing I'm seeing some results. The aim of the game is just use my hi-hat like a voice like you do, like 
other pro drummers do and i've just avoided it my whole entire life so yeah sure that's what i'm doing man i'm loving it that's awesome man i mean i think that'll be a huge thing for you just to have that to have it be a choice rather than you never know what your left foot's doing it's just doing something or it's doing nothing yeah um but to to be grooving and decide i'm going to start to add in some left foot upbeats but it won't throw the groove off you know and especially when you i i think actually what you said it's funny that it's so funny all the things you stumble on as just a practicer of the instrument that are so ingrained in a lot of teachers because we've had to sit there with our students and go, all right, how can we make this work better? Playing on the rim when you're working on any type of timing exercise is so much better than playing on the ride because the rim is such a short sound wave. It's so staccato. The ride is so ambiguous. The timing of the ride is the the rim is click 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 so you can really hear if you're on or off with while by moving your right hand to the rim it's an even yeah. tighter sound than the hi hat it is man and it also helps me with balance weird weirdly enough like yeah, I could see that I've got my sure. I've got my hand in the middle as opposed yeah. to there or there it just sort of helps me but mate it's so funny man like like I said it's it's I'm a pro drummer but if you walked past this container you would never in a million years ever think it it sounds like I'm literally falling down the stairs whilst doing totally. it I feel drunk I feel wobbly it's so and you're probably weird, yelling but, like oh come on yeah and I do the classic like I play you know I play it for like a couple of bars and then I make a mistake and then I do like a blast beat and a six stroke roll yes. and I blah, 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 blah. okay yep just to remind myself okay i, I call those play. self-medicated chops where you just yeah. self-medicate with like drum heroin just to remind yourself i am badass right <laughs> yeah. yep and back to to chicken yeah pa kitching to yeah. kitchen you're like oh my it's god a, you need to humble yourself don't you but i'm loving yes. it mate it's been good man is there anything that you're sort of practicing at the minute before we talk about yeah hustling? for sure you know, I mean, I'm in camp season. I just, so the campers left uh, a day ago and it was an amazing camp, totally different journey than the first camp, completely different journey. Um, but in a good way, I mean, I, I don't want Groundhog Day. I don't want rep- replicas. You know, mm. this was my 110th camp and I can honestly say I've never had a camp exactly like this, which to me is a very good thing because um, it causes me to grow as an educator. I'm still also, I mean, asking about what I'm working on. I'm still working on me right now as a human more than I am as a drummer. Like I had one moment where I, where I snapped. Did you? Yeah. And so, so here's the situation We're we're day three, day three is always the toughest here. It's, it's Wednesday. It's our hump day. It's like, it's all starting to catch up with the campers. It's starting to catch up with me. Once we get through day three, that's when we all as a group, all nine of us start to recognize we're about to lose this special thing. Because then it's day four and then it's day five and it's over. So yeah. we start to appreciate things on day four. But day three, you little, I'm a little light on the old patience. <laughs> and so I said, all right, guys, I want you to hear the melody that the right hand makes in an inverted paradiddle, which against the pulse, two, three, four is bump, 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 bump. one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. So that's the melody. So I said, I want you guys to hear that real quick. So I'm going to put on a metronome. I'm going to click my sticks together so you can hear the melody. Please, no one play. Click comes in. Kink, kink, kink. I go to hit my sticks together and I hear like four different people click their sticks together. And I literally, I go, I, in this tone, I go, 
Oh my God. I literally just asked. Okay. Anyways, guys. Um, so that's the real me. That's the real Mike Johnston. I can't hide it anymore. <laughs> oh, it's so good, mate. That is and I just, so good. It was like that moment of like, okay, let's all take a deep breath. Teacher boy included. And I'm sorry about that. But I do need you to just listen to this so we can move forward. Uh, but I, I, I that heard gold, that other man. side of me come out for a second in like that f bomby kind of way. And I was like, okay, let's pull back on the reins, it's Johnston. Um, 100% so my fault. Good. So campers, no, I do apologize. I love that, man. I lo- it, it does happen. And teaching is so hard. And like you said, I, another thing that I'm practicing just as a human being is just teaching, mate. It's so difficult. And watching you do what you do at your camp is not only impressive, it's, it's just like, okay, cool. This is how you balance the line with being funny, entertaining, being a good person and, and, and a fun person to be around. But actually, this is go time. You're here for a reason. Let's practice. Let's get better. And that's right. what... I think people need that, you know, and I think people want that, whether they think that or not, that's, that's, that's what they want. I think, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's the goal of every educator is like, look, I, I want this to be fun. I don't want to, I, I guess the real goal I would hope of ed- every educator and definitely for you and I, cause we've talked about it behind the scenes is I don't want to ruin this instrument for you. And sometimes yeah. learning the reality of how, of that difference between beginner and intermediate, the difference between intermediate and advanced it can steal the fun out of this instrument for people. And I don't want to do that. It's like, look, if you tell me that you just love playing whatever, Def Leppard tunes, it's like, I, why would I ever have a problem with that? It's like, that makes you happy. Do it. But you did pay a lot of money to be here. And I, I, I th- I'm assuming you paid so that you could actually take that next step. So it, it is a balance of like, I am your friend. I'm your bro. I am the person that you see on Instagram, YouTube, whatever. But you know, Instagram is free. YouTube is free. You paid a grip load of money to be here, especially when you put in travel and meals and hotels. So it's like, I, I kind of take this pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. So let's get after it. And, and by no means was this camp not taking it seriously. They were taking it very seriously. It was just a, a failure to hear the instructions in the moment because we were all so tired. And <laughs> I, I just had a little snappy poo, a little snappy poo. <laughs> all right. Talking about <laughs> money. This is one of those things that everyone avoids. And you and I have been listening to a new podcast by Yanni from Yanomize uh, called How We Hustle. And it's an amazing podcast. And I think both Eddie and I can recommend it to everybody, no matter. I'm an American who does not know anyone he's interviewed yet. And <laughs> I, I thought, love it. I love the fact you're listening to Lethal Bizzle. Honestly, mate. I, ev- I jam ev- to that daily. <laughs> Every UK listener will be just be smiling from ear to ear right now, picturing you, picturing you listening to Lethal Bizzle. Oh. But mate, I I love that podcast, man, and I I really like the way he interviews very cool and credible and sort of under the radar people. You know, people that aren't your necessarily like typical entrepreneurs or business owners. He interviews like just really like that skater guy. Um, skater, yeah, uh, yeah. What's his uh, What's his name? Goldie. Blondie? Blondie, that's it. Blondie, Blondie. Yeah, he's um, people like him, and it's cool to actually sit down and with those people and say, "Look, like from the outside, it looks like you just post really cool pictures on the internet. How do you how do you drive a Range Rover? Let's right. let's like this isn't me trying to, you know, just pick out the material possessions or whatever, but like genuinely, how do you make a living from being like, a cool creative in 2022? And I love that podcast. Yeah. You've got to go check it out, people. I think that, you know, the big thing that you can take away from that is 
so far he hasn't really interviewed anyone whose income is coming from what we all would assume their income comes from. <laughs> and there is a moment where you ask yourself, okay, so you had one hit single, you know, this is, and I'm not talking about anybody he's interviewed, but you had one hit single in 87 and yet you're showing pictures of you on a yacht. Yeah. I can't imagine it paid. The royalties are that big. Like, you know, so it's like, well, where's this all coming from? And to listen to somebody like lethal Bizzle leverage the, you know, what he did in the UK, I'm assuming the UK grime scene just isn't quite as big as Taylor Swift in a pop scene. So it's like, okay, well, are are you really making millions off of this? And for him to be like, no, I actually invested first in luxury flats in South Africa because I wanted to shine light on South Africa. And most people in Europe and America only see the slums of Africa, but Africa is mm-hmm. a beautiful place. And I wanted to shine light on that. So we built luxury flats, you know, and mm-hmm. I invested in that. And then I did this and then I did this. And then I, what's his, uh, he started a whole merch company, right? Yeah. Dench. Yeah. Dench. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dench. Okay. Like, yeah. I bet people, at least from what I gather, I'm assuming people in the UK wore that without even knowing he was the one behind it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. What What's really cool about the UK grime scene and just the people he interviews and, and like, I guess just people I admire in 2022 and the, the sort of why we're doing this episode is that like all these people that you see do pretty much everything themselves. Yes. And me and you are included in that, you know, like everything themselves. JME, another grime artist, yeah, doesn't have a label. He has never been signed. He just manages himself. He does his merch himself. He records and writes himself, um, records and writes music in his own bedroom and releases it himself. Like, And that's the key to sort of doing this and being a creative and being a video creator, whatever you want to label it, whatever you do. I think it's really cool to actually at the end of those podcasts, realize, oh, it's because one, they love it. And two, they pretty much do everything themselves. Yeah. And I think that that's a personality driven type of thing. And I hope our listeners realize that you don't have to be that. There are personalities that just say, honestly, that sounds horrible. I like the security of having a boss. I like the security of being told, this is my job. This is what I have to do. And it comes with insurance and it comes with dental. Like you and I don't get dental. No, we no don't. Dental for being an entrepreneur. <laughs> There's no health insurance. You you have it, but it costs you a crap ton of money. Mate, um, my mom is always on me like, with stuff like that. Have you done this yet? And I'm like, mom, I'm a drummer. I don't I'd like, what do you expect of me right now? The fact I'm paying the bills from playing the drums should be enough in itself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> can, can someone throw me a party? Like, Jesus, I haven't died. That is huge. I'm still alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm Come not living on. at your house, mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I, I've, I've actually had to tell quite a few friends, like, you know, up until around the time I met Amber, you know, I was still moving in and out of my mom's house up until my late 20s, like mm. late 20s. And yeah, it's embarrassing to to need help. But it's like, well, I'm still I'm I'm sorry. I'm still chasing this dream of. And the, the crazy thing about that is I'm chasing this dream and I've had the dream. I mean, in my late 20s, I'd already been a teacher at maybe three different drum shops and made a great living. I had had a record deal and, you know, made a great living off that because it was during the time that there were still legitimate major label record deals. But it comes and goes. And then all of a sudden yeah. you hit a dip and you're like, hey, um, so mom, uh, <laughs> I know I haven't reached out in a while, but uh, yeah. is my room still my room? <laughs> 
It's so true. She's like, I was 28. I'm like, well, I, I know, but <laughs> just for a couple of weeks till I get off my feet. I was doing the same in, uh, in LTA, like the early touring days, because arguably as well, you're never home, especially when you're touring a lot. So yeah. why, why yep. rent somewhere? I, I would never have had the money to buy somewhere back then, but back then, but rent somewhere when, when you're always, always away. And, you know, tour, those early stages of being in a band or touring and like finding yourself and just as a musician, finding yourself as a band and working they're so so difficult man they really really are difficult so there's no shame in doing those sort of things mate i mean mate look at a rock band right i used to say this when i used to go into colleges and to do master classes yeah if you're a four-piece rock band you need to make you need to profit a hundred thousand pounds a year profit a hundred thousand pounds a year for everyone to to make minimum wage do you know what i mean that's that's hard insane you have to profit £100,000 for everyone to yeah. earn 25 grand a year. It's like, it's really, really difficult. So yeah. being in a band is, is very much a hustle. And I, I respect everyone who does it and still does it now. I think, it's crazy. yeah, I think making a living off of anything creative is a hustle. And, you know, it's, it's, I think that, that that term side hustle is what really messed things up for a little bit is because everyone that hustles and is an entrepreneur would never call it a side hustle. Like they're all equal hustles. You know, a hustle yeah. is a a way to bring in some income. And so you have these things, but I don't think of, like I didn't put less effort into developing a signature stick with Vic Firth than I did into mikeslessons.com. Maybe less hours, but as soon as we're on a Zoom call talking about developing a drumstick, it's got my full attention. So it will eventually bring me royalties, but it's not a side hustle. It's the hustle. Yeah. It's all the hustle. The hustle is don't die. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and, and so it's like, I like, okay, like Paragon, your shoe company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not a side hustle. Yeah. It's like, yes, you are a professional drummer. That is, that is your title. But when you're working on Paragon, I know it for a fact because we've been together while you're doing it. It's 100% of your attention. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, side hustle is more like, eBaying some crap out of your grandfather's garage. That's a side hustle. I don't really care. Like, (laughs) but to me, I have nothing. When you and I started talking about this and I sent you my list of like, well, here's where my income comes from, which we'll get Mm -hmm. into in a second. None of it to me was a side hustle. It's all the hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same, man. It's the same as me. I've I've been dying to do this this episode, mate. I absolutely love it. I love, you know, it, I think there's, especially here in the UK, there's a stigma around like talking about money. And I think there shouldn't be, mate. I think if you're a creative, no matter what you do and you want to do it for a living, it helps so much when you hear your peers or, or fellow creatives talk about how they make a living and, and, and where their money comes from and, and what yeah. it's like to work on your own. So I've been excited to get into this. Well, tell episode, me mate. then right off the bat, like give me some areas that you're bringing in income from to to make a living as a drummer. Okay. So. So, uh, so t- take Paragon aside. So Paragon, okay. for those who don't know, I, I, I sell shoes, have a website and also have a sneaker membership. But so that pays, you know, that brings some money in, but take that aside drumming. I've got my live, um, my live work. So whether that be with busted or anyone else, young blood, that sort of thing, whatever, you know, whoever wants me to do something. And I've, so I've got the live stuff. I've also got the recordings, which I haven't done in a while, to be honest, but that's still there and it still brings in money. The, the recordings I did for One Direction and Five Seconds of Summer and a few other people, they they bring in some money. Okay, so you still uh, have royalties coming in. 
yeah, still have royalties for coming in. Um, then I've got this podcast. Um, then I've got my now Patreon page. Um, I've got one-to-one lessons and then I've got clinics and uh sort of master classes in colleges and things like that and i Drum think events, that's yeah. it i think that's it i think <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's it um uh, that's a that's enough and well and some of those things are pretty consistent right so you have what you do with busted and with charlie you can kind of on non-covid times count on that as like okay we're probably going to do this many dates um, so I have a question. I don't think it really matters to get into the dollars and cents because all of that is relative. You know, us making a grand for a clinic could sound amazing to somebody that's never done a clinic and to a CEO, they'd be like, I'm sorry, what did you get? That should be your per <laughs> so deal. <true>. So it's <laughs> so, so relative. Yeah. Um, so my question is one thing that I actually don't know, because I think all situations are different with busted, let's say are. I know that there are retainers where you just get paid. Here's your yearly salary, whether we use you as our drummer or not. And then yeah. there's per gig. Do you get paid per gig with Busted? Are you on a retainer? Does so it fluctuate? I, I was on a retainer. Um, and then we started doing uh, just per show because I think it was easier okay. for for the management and stuff like that. But yeah, when I when I sort of joined the boys, they wanted a retainer. And that was fine with me because actually at that time, LTA had just come to an end. And I was relying on my mem- membership at that time. And I was fucking scared, basically. I was like... Yeah, 100%. So I, I knew a month when the LTA money was going to end. I knew like, oh. okay, so the money is, let's just say, the money's ending in December. That's the last time I'm going to get paid a monthly wage from LTA. And I was absolutely bricking it. And I couldn't imagine never having that money. Even though it wasn't a large amount of money, it was still... It paid the bills and food. Yeah. It, it paid for the bills and more, basically. So I knew that money was coming to an end at this moment in time. And then the busted thing came up maybe like two months before the LTA money was ending. So it kind of gelled and worked. <laughs> and it was, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> thank God. Because yes. I was freaking out a little bit there. Um, so yeah, it was a retainer to start. And then it was just per show. And that's how I like to do it now. Just per show, really. It just keeps it... It keeps it less sort of um, complex, really. Um, yeah. Does another thing that I don't know, so I'm assuming our listeners probably don't know either, but does the money change at all based off of the size of the gig or is it a gig with busted is this much money, whether we do a coffee shop or an arena? Yeah, so the money stays the same, but busted okay. are, are amazing. And like without giving too much away, you know, like they give me, they, they've tipped and they've when they've sold out a show, they'll pay me more and, which is really, really cool. And you, you don't get that. Which they often. don't have to do. No, they don't have to do that for one. And I, I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen anymore. That just doesn't. And like, you know, when we did Wembley, uh, they play, they paid me more. And it's just like, wow. uh, you smashed it. Thank you. And I was just, I was, I couldn't believe it, to be honest, mate. Um, and that just goes to show how amazing they are and how much I just love working with them. But yeah, that doesn't say, really it, happen anymore. It also, yeah, it's, it's a way to... It, when you do things the right way, people want to stay with you. It's like, well, yeah. you might actually have a second thought when somebody says, okay, we'd like you to be in our band and not embusted and do this. It's like, well, I'm I'm pretty loyal because of how I was treated. You know, you're, yeah. you're appreciative. Exactly. Yeah, um, exactly, That's really man. cool, man. That's good to know. I, I, yeah. I think the gigging thing is is one of the toughest things we all will do as musicians because it does fluctuate so much. And it's it's so dependent on even the genre, you know. I mean, like a jazz group 
is not going to get like those musicians. They don't even call it money. They call it bread. You know, and like, yeah. They're, yeah. they're like, it's illegal to say cash, money, any of that. They just have to be like, so what's the bread on this one? <laughs> like, oh, you're <laughs> such a jazz cat. So um, cool. So, so, but yeah, so it, it, totally. It. It's good bread, man. It's good bread. You should definitely do it. I'm like, I, I'm good, man. I don't, I don't even eat carbs. Um, so anyways, I think that like, you know, there are situations where I would typically, if I was playing for an, a night in Sacramento, just in my hometown, somebody said, we just need you to fill in. I would say in all honesty, I'm probably looking at somewhere between a hundred and 150 bucks. Right. That would be like a normal Sacramento fill in gig for one set, by the way, that's not like a wedding band that's doing three sets, mm-hmm. five hours wedding gig. I would say I'd probably if I was filling in and not in the band, I'd probably expect about 500 bucks. It's amazing. Um, that'd it's... probably be the norm. And it's keep in mind for everyone that's never done a, a gig like that. It's not for three sets. Like a wedding is you get there at like noon and start setting up and start sound checking. And then for some reason you forgot your throne and you have to drive 45 minutes to the nearest shop that has a throne, but they're not open. So you go to Ikea and buy a freaking bar stool and you're sitting <laughs> higher than you've ever sat in your life. Like nothing goes well in these situations. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, it can, it can be a lot, you know, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the norm. And then, I think it, it it gets kind of confusing. I mean, I, the campers asked me maybe last, not this camp, but the camp before, we were watching um, Justin Timberlake play and he had Brian Fraser Moore on the drums. And they were saying, what what do you think he's making per night? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know how many dates. If there were a lot of dates in this tour, he's not making anything per night. He's on a retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, if there were only 15 nights on this whole tour and that's all they were doing, then he's working per night. But in all honesty, I don't know. No, no yeah. one, nobody talks about this stuff. It's like it's weird, man. Like I don't actually. Joe Clegg um, put okay. something up on his story ages ago, and it was about this is how much you should charge um, for the size of the room. But it's true. Like when people ask me that, I I want to be as helpful as possible. Obviously, like we're doing this episode, but I, I genuinely do not know either. I think right. a good rule of thumb: if if people are starting out and the shows are small and it's a new artist or whatever it may be. I would say a minimum of 150 quid. If it's a small yeah. show, a new artist, I wouldn't go out for me. I would never go out for less than 250 pounds. Like I just okay. wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. do it because it's not, you know, you've got to think about, let's say it's a one-off show for 250 pounds. You've never worked with this artist before. That's not countering, that's not factoring in like the days of practice before, even in your head. You might not be physically right. practicing, but you're going to be listening and doing some work beforehand. Then you've got yeah. the rehearsal, you've got petrol, you've got food, you've got food when you're at the show, all these other costs. By the time you've finished, you finished, you're not going to have the full 250 quid. You're going to have a lot less. So for me, I wouldn't go out for less than 250 quid. Um, and I that's that's like, okay, I'm doing you a favor and I really like the artist, but totally so that's like almost a break-even amount yeah exactly but it is hard mate i've I've heard people go up to you know the thousands i've heard it just it really depends on the artist and and their sort of thinking behind it but um yeah i would definitely say a good rule of thumb is like 250 quid i think that's like yeah and sorry can you still hear me by the way yeah yeah cool my my computer just froze. Um, <laughs> I also think that you have to take the entire situation into account, right? I'm watching this Justin Timberlake thing, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know, maybe to play with JT, maybe you're looking at three grand a night, thirty five hundred a night, but 
He's got a symphony on stage. He's got a horn section. He's got five backup singers. There's dancers. Now we're splitting the pie, the profit, with 40 people. Mm. So it's it's going to be a different situation than if you were in the Justin Timberlake trio and there was only three of you. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. That's the thing. There's loads of different factors. And there's, you know, it really depends. And sometimes when you say, oh, 250 quid, you go, no way. But it really depends on the size of the gig and and then what's yeah. the follow after and and whatnot. So and if you're on the right gig, you do get treated well and you your your hands won't be in your pockets at any time. So you are pocketing the whole show amount or whatever. But but yeah, man, that's um the the live show thing is is definitely um kind of difficult. But how so let's let's we've done my list. Let's let's do your list because there's definitely a few things in your list that I don't really know how they work because I've never had a signature product. So what? Okay. So how? So how do you hustle? How do I make my money? Yep. Well, I lose money on most things, and then I have Mike'sLessons.com after hours, um, which is a little scandalous website that I run, and that's where the <laughs> real money goes. <laughs> you got an OnlyFans, basically. Yeah. Is that what? Is yeah, that, that's okay. where the real. That's that's how I afford <laughs> everything, and then I just pretend like, oh, I'm crushing it in the drum game. Um, <laughs> Okay, the reality. So I've, I pulled up my list from our uh, text chain. I've got my website. So online drum lessons would be my, I would say my big breadwinner. Um, then I've got the drum camps. So I do, generally I do 10 of those per year here at my studio. And then I'll also do a couple drum camps somewhere else, like in a different country or something. Okay. Um, then I've got drum clinics. So in drum clinics, I'm not paid by the store or the owner. I'm generally paid by my endorsements. So Gretsch gives me a specific amount of money. And it is it is predetermined whether it's the UK drum show or whether it's Bob's drum shop. I get the same amount of money. So I have a clinic fee for Gretsch, for Meinl, for Meinl Percussion, for DW, because I'm a DW hardware artist, for Vic Firth, for Aquarian Drumheads, and for Meinl Cymbals. Or I think I said Meinl Cymbals. Um, so... Um, the only endorsements I'm not getting any cash from for a clinic would be Ayamacha and 64 audio and audio technica mics. And the only reason is I've just never negotiated a clinic fee with them. And I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I just, I don't, their products don't get enough light during a clinic for me to feel justified in doing so. I think I could, I think I could go to 64 audio and say, okay. I'm doing all these things. I would like whatever it is, $100, $150, $200, $300 per clinic. Um, but I just, there's no moment in the clinic that I generally say, and I want to direct your attention to the side of my head. So I kind of yeah. feel like I, I just, I haven't reached out for that. So drum clinics, um, and that would include drum festivals. Then this podcast, uh, YouTube revenue is a big one for me. Uh, so, Ads or not AdSense, but yeah, YouTube revenue, then signature product royalties, then the um, Groove Freedom app. So that's not the Groove Scribe, but um, the Groove Freedom app. And then I have books that I sell on lulu.com, instructional books, and then what I've done for Adobe in the past. So master classes for other corporations on how to do better Zoom calls and to do better online communication. Amazing, man. Wow. It's a big old list, isn't it? Yeah, that's why. I can, and all of them are equally as important to me. I mean, you mm. knew, you you know, you and I were talking the last time I did a masterclass for Adobe. It's not like I take that stuff lightly. It's like, hey, we can't be friends for the next 
four days because I'm <laughs> only going to think about this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are no yeah. side hustles. There's just the hustle. So what, um, <clears throat> reading that list out loud, what are the, what are the things that sort of stand out of, as, as being difficult? How, how do you manage to do all of those things? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, definitely it's, it has to be seen as an annual list, meaning those are things that will happen in the course of a year. I can't do each one of those, excuse me, per day. I just can't get to it. So annually, those are the things that are going to happen. Um, you know, right now I would say I'm in drum camp season. So everything, so there are no clinics, any clinic that comes our way. Amber says, no, I'm sorry. He can't do anything until September. Um, because I can't, even though I have like right now is a week off. So my camps go week on week off, week on week off for basically 20 weeks for 10 camps worth of time. So, um, in that I can't during the week off, I don't have the brain space to then go do a clinic, even though I have the time to do it. Um, it takes me almost a full week to recover emotionally because I, I lose the campers. They all fly home and I've just spent a whole week, you know, trying to be, I've, I've been on the journey with all eight of them individually. I've struggled with them. I've succeeded with them. I've done all of it. And so it takes me a week to get back to normal. Um, you know, so I would say that as far as balancing, I've got it pretty much down, you know, um, Monday, which is today, this is a filming day. So Zach will get here at noon and we will knock out two weeks worth of YouTube content today. Then mm-hmm. he'll get here on Friday and we'll knock out a week worth of Instagram content together. And then the campers will arrive on Saturday. But between the campers being here and the content I filmed with Zach on Friday, I'll have my whole social media week done. So I don't have to create any content during a camp week. I'm just posting it. So that's pretty easy. The signature products and the royalties, that's a big one. I mean, I I feel like for professional drummers, that's the same as having a hit single from 10 years ago and you're still making money off of it. You know, the transition ride is a decade old and it still sells really well. And, um, I get paid quarterly for that. So quarterly is amazing because you kind of forget about it. If you get paid monthly, you know, on the 15th, you're getting this thing quarterly, you always forget about it. And then a check shows up and it's not enough to live off of, but you add that to the snare drum royalties, to my cowbell royalties and to my stick royalties. And it starts to add up to something that I would be in a little bit of trouble if it all went away for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, then we have this podcast, you know, this podcast because of the patrons, when you and I decided to do a Patreon page for this podcast and walk away from ads, we basically were hoping we were betting on, okay, this has to make enough money for us to keep doing it. Because if it doesn't, the things that make money will eventually take priority, especially now we're on episode, what, 86 so it's easy to do 20 episodes of a podcast. You get into the 80s and you're you're putting in a lot of work throughout the entire week. It's kind of like what you mentioned with the gig thing. Mm. You're not the Patreon page doesn't pay for the episode. It pays for the whole week leading up where you and I have been texting these lists back to each other about hustling, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to give you some time to talk cuz I feel like I've taken up a lot of airspace for a while. <laughs> No, I'm loving it. Honestly, like I said, I, I've been dying to do some one of these episodes. So it's just great. I'm just, I'm actually like, for the first, not for the first time, but like you're talking and I'm not thinking about what my response is going to be. I'm actually just like, this is just such good, useful information that I think so many drummers are going to, they're going to need, mate. They're going to need. Um, so what, yeah. what, what, what's your 
general sort of advice for someone that wants to make a living from the drums? I know that's a big, big question, but like... No, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's our jobs, especially mine and yours as educators. And now that you've got the Patreon page back up, now that you're opening yourself up to Zoom lessons, that's always going to come up. Somebody's going to be good enough to say, can I do this and make a living off of it? You know, I mean, that's that's the scary part about it. It's, there's nothing scary about being bad at the drums. I mean, I'm bad at lots of things. At no point am I golfing with some buddies and being like, hey, how do I make a living doing this? It's like, you you can't. <laughs> like, you missed the window, bro. <laughs> like, you're terrible at this at this game. So I think the toughest thing is like, well, what happens when you are pretty good? And, and obviously, you and I teach a lot of students that get to that point where it's like, yeah, you could make a living. Your skills are there. Mm-hmm do you have the mental fortitude to go through this? Because it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. But I think the biggest piece of advice I give anybody is basically this list. You're going to really struggle if you're going to pin all of your hopes on one home run. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to get signed. Okay, I wish you the best. And even if you do, how long are you going to be in your band? Like you and I were both in signed bands that I'm sure the first year of our record deals, we all thought we were going to be Aerosmith and be doing this for the next 60 years. Yeah, but it comes remember, to an end, and and like you said perfectly, the money runs out legitimately. They turn off the faucet on a very specific date, and I went through the exact same thing. I went through the same thing so bad that my car got repossessed because I didn't know they turned off the faucet. Um, <laughs> and I came home and reported my car stolen. They're like, it wasn't stolen; it was repossessed. Uh, and I was like, so I called the accountant. And I said, uh, "You've been paying my car bill for the last, you know, whatever years." And he's like, "Hey, you quit your band, bro." yeah yeah you have nothing so brutal mate it's so it does turn off man it does turn off but it turns off and it doesn't drip it turns off mate i remember like that that thing that realization i think like i said it was like two months um until the the money was turning off basically and i was like doing the maths trying to figure out okay i've got this many online students what if X amount leave, but then what if this, you know, this amount join? It was just a whirlwind of like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I think, yeah, I think it's so true. Like what you said, man, you've got to just diversify and be able to do a few different things. And I think that's, it makes you yeah. better as a drummer as well, being able to be like, you know, when I got the call for the Youngblood thing, everything just drops right there and then. And I've got a couple of days to learn a bunch of songs. You just do it, you pick yeah. yourself up. And I think like that's the key to being. Uh, and you know a creative and a musician in 2022 is being and wanting to do loads of different things i think it's so so important man and doing yeah. it on your own as well and learning how to do it on your own and just just jumping in the deep end and just getting on with it and just trying I think, things i think you also have to do things that are sustainable you know like if you're trying to do the get rich quick thing if you're following the trends it's 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 already going to pass you by like by the time it's a trend you already missed it Mm-hmm. like trends are trends because someone started it when it wasn't a trend like so, yeah. so if you're always jumping to the next thing it's never going to work you know i mean when i moved to vic firth they immediately said do you want to do a signature product and i was kind of against it. i had just seen my name on enough stuff i was kind of sick of it and i said honestly no and maybe it, i think it speaks you know more about your company if i become a vic firth artist and I play a, a standard model, like something that, that you already make. Um, and and I wanted to reevaluate what my stick was. I had been playing a signature model 
with my previous company, Vader, for so long, I really hadn't asked myself, is this the perfect stick for me anymore? Uh, you know, so I, I really didn't know. And I was like, honestly, can you just send me like one pair of everything that's kind of in the ballpark of what I've been playing? A little bigger, a little smaller, longer, shorter. Um, and that was kind of it. But when it came time to finally say, okay, honestly, I can't find exactly what I want. And we made a signature product. It wasn't, I need some cash from royalties. You know, it was very much so like, well, I think that your company's lineup will be better if we add this into it. We will actually be adding to what you offer to the world by creating this product. Same thing with Mm -hmm. the ride symbol. Like that ride symbol did not exist in Minel's lineup. And if anybody said, well, what else is like the transition ride in Minel's lineup? Even to this day, it'd be like nothing. That's the only one that does exactly that. Yeah. I, that's why it's Mm -hmm. still here. I mean, for people that don't know signature products, from the company's point of view, they are only there, 90% of them are only there to satisfy the artist and stop the artist from going to another company. So the company's like, yes, we'll satisfy your wishes. You can have your signature snare drum. We'll literally make us, you know, a batch that's enough to sell to your diehard fans. Let's say we make 50 snare drums. And then honestly, that product's shelved because how, how do products sell? They don't sell to direct, they don't sell to customers saying, Customers can't buy anything from Gretsch. They have to buy it from a store. Mm. Well, how did it get into the store? A salesperson. So the salesperson is going into that store thinking, okay, these are the, they only have room for four more Gretsch snares. What am I going to push? What's going to sell them and make them the most money so that they want to keep carrying Gretsch? So if it's just some random artist that's always been a jerk to the company and just needed to satisfy his or her own ego with a signature product, that salesperson is not going to try to push that drum onto the the store. So I've always wanted to make things that like added to the lineup and said, look, this makes the company better by having this in it. So the reason I'm giving you all of this information, listeners, is because I want you to understand that you got to be always thinking long term. It's never a get rich quick scheme. That'll never it'll always fail in the long run. It will. It it massively will, man. And I am, that's where I, not that I thought my first membership was going to get, make me rich, not at all. Um, But that's the mistake that I had with my first membership. I was like, okay, so I'm teaching this, these many people when I come home from tour, if they all sign up, that means I can bring in X amount, which means I don't have to tour, that sort of thing. And I was just naive. I was just naive to the fact it's a whole different thing. And the thing that I've learned about being a working musician and an online creative, whatever you want to call us, is patience, you know, patience yes. and just the love for what you do. And things aren't going to happen overnight. But the more you do, I mean, when I listed off all those things that I do on the kit, I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I do do all of those. I don't know how I do it. I, it's crazy. I just totally I'm I'm a working drummer and it doesn't feel like it, but but I am and I think it's just patience with time and just dedication and love for it. Then you yeah. look back and you zoom out and you're like, Oh my god, I'm doing this for a living. This is this is wicked. So um so yeah, man, it's it's cool to hear all the things that you know you you do on a daily basis. And I don't I honestly don't think people realise how how much work goes into all of this, you know, especially you. I think I think for both of us, man, I mean, you know, if if I look back to every time that I'm, you know, talking to you throughout the day, 
you're always on your way somewhere. <laughs> you're never on the couch. <laughs> you're always like, oh, I'm, a, I'm on my way to the studio. And then I got to drop off four pairs of shoes at, at FedEx. Then I got to head back. I'm going to do a little bit of this. And I've got a Zoom lesson at noon. You know, I mean, you're always on the run. Yeah. Um, and I, I and, just think, sorry to butt in, but do you think no. it's, is there is there a correlation between people who do what they do for a living and just the, and like obsession, people who just can't sit still, people who are obsessed, people who just not have ADHD, or ADD, like they call it in America. But like, is sure. there a correlation between that sort of personality trait and people who do who do what they do for a living? A hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's, you know, but I, I think it's an entrepreneurial spirit. It's a, like, this mentality of, you know, I just, I don't mind the hard work. I just can't do it for someone else. And that's that's something that I just struggled with, you know, my very, very first, first job, I was 15. Um, and I got, um, I don't know if you guys have work permits in the UK, but it's basically where you're not old enough to have a real job, but you can work just a few hours a week with a work permit when you're oh, okay. 15, just to get some experience. So you have something on a resume to, to throw out to the world. So I had a, a work permit gig or a job. Oh my God. Now I'm definitely a musician if I'm calling jobs gigs. <laughs> Had a little gig at the bike shop at Bob's Cycle Center, and it was walking distance from my mom's house. It's right on the corner by my mom's house where I grew up. And just the amount of work for minimum wage so that this guy could sit in his office and just cash in, you know, and I, I just, it's weird. Here's the weird part. I didn't want, I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life for sure. But I also knew I didn't want to be him. I didn't want to be the guy sitting on my ass while other people worked for me. I just wanted yeah. to do all of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that weird? Yeah, no, it's not. I, I completely agree. I just, I, that's the thing. Like, I always, I don't know why I'm, I just love doing everything all the time. I just love it, man. It's just, it's yeah. just wicked. Like every time, like we were, me and Rona were watching RuPaul's Drag Race the other day. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, and I'm not going to put my phone, I'm not getting my laptop out. I'm not doing it. The next thing I know, I'm just sat there on my laptop doing work, essentially. Right. And I just, I just love what I do, man. I really, really enjoy it. And I love the creative process behind business. I think that's what I love about business. That's why I love these sort of episodes. That's why I listen to business podcasts. I love the creativity behind it. And I love the process. I think that's the big thing. Maybe that's why um, drummers, I, I like drummers and I like business because they're, they're both about the process, not the end goal. It's not about becoming a multimillionaire and it's not about becoming the best drummer in the world. It's the processes. Do you know what I mean? I think that's what... 100%. I love. You have to fall in love with that and that's the same as drumming. You know, On a business level, there's something that we both really enjoy about more effort in will create more output. You know, And I can, I can... I always feel like I have the opportunity to outwork this situation where I don't know if in a corporate world I would ever feel like that. There might be a ceiling where it's like, it doesn't matter how much, how hard you work, you are stuck here. And if that was the case for me, I, I'm sorry. I wish I could say that it's like, well, then I'll give it my best, but I wouldn't. I would find the minimum amount of effort to make the same amount of money and to get the same output because it's like, mm -hmm. well, if it doesn't matter, then why, why am I trying so hard? Where with what we do for a living, it's always like, I think I can work harder. I think I can outwork this situation and change the result, not only of like my life, but the the effect that I'm having. You know, like um, when people say, what's next for you? I'm always thinking, what's next is I got to get better at teaching people. Like I still haven't cracked the code yet completely. If somebody said one-on-one -on -one private lessons with you or sign up for your website, 
if those were both options, it'd be, yeah. of course, one-on-one lessons. Like I can do more that way, but I'm obsessed with finding out like, how can I do this through the computer? Because not everyone has access. I don't even have the option to teach you anymore because I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, I know that I can get better. I know that it's everyone lies and says like, it's not for the money. It's like, well, but I know that if I get better at this, the money comes with it. The finances mm-hmm. come with it. Um, and you know, you know, my situation, uh, some people may know it. Um, cause anytime I've talked to somebody, I've been very honest about, but my situation is that all of the things we talked about money wise, that is in a, a weird life account that Amber has access to. I don't get any of that. <laughs> I get paid on the first and the 15th by Amber. And it is, <laughs> it is Taco <laughs> Bell money. Um, <laughs> Now, that being said, there is no woe is me. My life is taken care of, my car payment. I'm not thinking about any of that stuff. But as far as personal, what's in my checking account, Mm. it is on the 14th a very scary thing to swipe my card at sociology. Because then I go, oh, I'm sorry. um, Maybe, and then they're nice to me. So they go, maybe it's the chip. And I'm like, yeah, no, no. Oh, it's a new card. I didn't activate it yet, even though it looks weathered as all hell. So it's like, but I... I grew up as a musician, broke all the time, and I honestly prefer to live that way. Give me a very small amount and let me get it back down to zero the day before I get paid again. And that that 15-day cycle, I'm just honestly quite comfortable with that. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm kind of the same, man. And, and going back to what you said a few seconds ago, like I love the way when you do things for yourself. It's like the answer most of the time comes down to just do more, practice more, put put more out into the world, like film more lessons, do more YouTube. Like there's always, it's always just kind of, you're accountable for yourself and like the progress you're making and, and the, and the money you make and like the efforts that you put in, it always comes down to that. And that's what I, that's what I really love. I think sometimes, you know, I'll be like, oh, this isn't working or like, why is this not working? And it's like, mate, just make another YouTube video. Do you know what I mean? Get more views there. Get in, the, get, in, get in the front of more drummers and that that might get you some more pupils or whatever it may be. I love I love that accountability where it's like you look in the mirror and you go, come on, Eddie, mate, just do a YouTube video today. You said you would, yeah. just fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? It's on you, you know? And, and I think that there's a personality that really likes that pressure and there it's not better or worse. It's just, you know, I, I personally like that. Like, you know, if Amber came to me and said, look, just, you know, because I don't even see, you know, this about me too, but I don't have the numbers of our website or our finances. I have no access to that. I just have, I have it set up for me that I can check in on our growth. So I can see percentage wise how much we're growing as a company and how much we're losing percentage wise as a company. But I don't get like a number, um, like a cash number, because I personally don't believe I'm mature enough to handle that. I I'm think not. that. <laughs> Mate, that's the worst. If thing I we've... saw a big number, I'd be like, "We should get Lamborghinis." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mature Mate, enough to handle it. If I'm I saw not... a bad number, I'd be like, "We should sell everything. We're gonna die." That's, so, that's me. That is me. Yeah, on Patreon. Yeah, I I can't handle it on either side of it. So it's like, what I can handle is we're up three percent, we're down five percent. It's like, okay, I don't know what that means dollars and cents wise, but I know that I need to work harder. And I like the fact that Amber can come to me and say, "Hey, look, um, the business is struggling a little bit." And it's like, okay, my bad. Honestly, I took my eye off the ball for a little bit. Let me, let me, let me get my ass back into gear. And mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And that's why when people ask about like retirement, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm gonna do this and then I will die. That's the <laughs> whole plan. There's yeah. no, 
cash out. I don't I love want that. that. I'm happy with my life. I love every day that I wake up and do this. I will do this and one day be like, all right, so if you take a look at number six on your PDF, you'll find that there's a ghost note on beat and then I'll just literally crash and die. <laughs> and, the, and, and that's the dream death. Like that, that's, I hate to be morbid. That's that the dream so death. Good. Head down on my own signature snare drum game over that is so good man and i may amen to that because that's 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 kind of the same in me i just want to you know when people say oh I, it was the classic in the band before the band was doing really well oh you're still doing you're still being in that <laughs> you in that silly band are you still, yeah 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 have you have you got a job yet and i'm like no 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 like you know this i'm still in it and i'll be doing it until the day i die in whatever capacity i'll be playing the drums no matter what do you know what i mean And i'll be happy yeah exactly man yeah. exactly and that's the thing um so funny but yeah make the numbers thing on patreon now i've got the app and okay. you just see the you see how many patrons you've got and you're like yay new sign up oh wait one cancelled already i'm gonna kill myself yep. yeah this is yeah no no one loves me um this is the worst <laughs> thing ever my video com- content must be so bad uh rona um i'm gonna get a job uh doing yeah. whatever because my life is over already the emotional roller coaster of membership websites is tough and i think that's <laughs> why i like to have a diversified thing you know and and even it's diversified enough that <clears throat> excuse me the the Working with a corporation like Adobe is obviously so different than doing a signature symbol felt with DW hardware. Like that it's so uncomparable. And so I like having that, I guess, um, dichotomy of things where I can just float around these different industries. But all of that boils down to, you know, as far as us giving help to our listeners, all of that boils down to you better be freaking good at what you do. That's never an option. Like no one that's crushing it is pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. And I learned that from Yanni's podcast because I saw, um, you know, the the first episode was, was Lethal Bizzle, somebody I've never heard of, immediately just thought, this is amazing. The next one that I saw was Blondie. I looked him up on Instagram before I listened to the to the episode. And I was like, I would give this person a solid third grade education. This dude's an idiot. I don't want to listen to this episode. And I listened um, to the episode and I was like, okay, once again, proof that no one crushing it has fooled anyone. Exactly. That dude is going into work. It's, he's got his team around him, but he's running the show. He's thinking about what's next. He's thinking about yep. all, all of it. That dude is literally well, man, a genius that just happens to be a decent looking skater. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. I know it's, it's, it's all intentional. Nothing is unintentional. All of it. It's just all thought out in in cool in cool clever ways. That's why I love Vir- Virgil from Rest in Peace, Virgil from Off White. Like everything yeah. is on it. There's no he's not just putting up a pixelated picture of this this new shoe on his phone that's blurry and like out of focus and like is in motion for because that's the only picture he's took or has of that shoe. No, he's that doing was thought a, of a week ago. That, that yeah, exactly. It, it all fits into the bigger picture, and I, I love that man. I think you're right. You've got to be good at what you do. You've got to love it. You've got to work hard, and you've got to be able to just become obsessed. I love well, it. Well, speaking of obsession, just because you know we haven't really let people in behind the scenes on this side of things, but you and I have a very specific studio setup. You know, you have the shipping container that is kind of turned into this amazing studio. I have the place here, but no one knows how many videos you and I send each other back and forth of what do you think if I move the light over here? Like, 
it never stops for us. Like, hey, I'm going to send you this file. Tell me if it sounds better or worse because I moved my microphone up an inch. You know, like <laughs> you and I do that all day long with each other. Like, but thank God I have you, mate, because otherwise <laughs> I would just be sending, I would be emailing this stuff to myself. <laughs> I would like, Edward. I just wouldn't know what to, yeah, I would be sending from my personal email to my business email. But it's so true, yeah. man. It, it never stops. And it's always like the most like irrational things that maybe no one really even sees or even cares about but to us it makes a huge difference and yeah i i love it man it, it it's great it it truly truly never ends that's why i think we should do more of these episodes man and talk about more hustles and other things that we're learning about and stuff I've, definitely I've we can that. dive deeper in the future and i yeah. i think that the the big thing is that you're right no one will ever see it but you and i both believe in our heart that they'll feel it mm-hmm. yeah that's it you know, it's like, I don't think you'll see it. I don't think you'll notice that I moved the light. I think you'll feel that it's more dramatic than the last video. Yeah, you might not notice that I moved my microphone, which is out of the shot, down two inches, but it makes the kit sound closer to you than it did before. And now you feel closer to the education. Like, I, I believe you'll feel it. Every little obsession that I have, like, this plant is not in the shot because I was bored and didn't know where to put my plant. It's because... <laughs> There was too much blue going on and I balanced it out with some green. Like everything is intentional and it doesn't. And I think this should be said because we sound like we're coming off as experts. It doesn't mean we're right. No, it just means that we're constantly trying to. I'm never satisfied. Um, you know, if I could have any new tattoo on my body, it would just say forward momentum. I just want to always be moving forward. And honestly, I don't. Sometimes I'm moving backwards while thinking I'm moving forwards, but I'm still trying. Yeah, exactly. Mate, the whole thing is just failing, isn't it? Like, mate, literally, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> even this, you know, this podcast up until now, eight, episode 86, this is the only episode in this studio that hasn't glitched out internet-wise. You know, and yeah, it's and just, my computer froze 45 minutes ago, yeah. and I'm shocked that we're still talking because I, I see don't. nothing. I have like a, <laughs> a lightning bolt of static across the screen, and I can't use the mouse. Uh, that's I why love I, it. For anyone listening, that's why we haven't gotten to your listener questions. I can't use my mouse. I have no computer. That this is, is the so first good. time that the PC has really let me down, and I'm truly thinking about switching to a Mac. So oh, before man. we get out of here, I want a, a little quote from Lethal Bizzle on Yanni's podcast, because I feel like this episode wouldn't have existed without Yanni and, and, and what he did. So once again, it's called How We Hustle. Check it out. Yanni from Yanomize. But Lethal Bizzle's like... uh I think at some point, and keep in mind, I listened to this quite a while ago when it first came out, but at some point, Yanni brought up like, how do you feel when you take an L? And I don't, for anyone that doesn't know, like L stands for loss. Um, so it's a sports term, but how do you feel when you take an L? What do you do to turn around? And he just instantly said, well, L doesn't stand for loss. L stands for lesson. So I love L's. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I almost said Bosh. I, I was like, damn. Bosh. Exactly. L stands for lesson. When you lose, when you fail, your own that's that's the only time you're gonna grow. You're not gonna grow from doing exactly what you hoped you were gonna do. You're gonna stay mm -hmm. exactly where you were. Yeah. But when you fail, you learn something and you you protect yourself from it ever happening again. Yeah. So take more L's because they're not losses, they're lessons. Love that, man. Love that. We'll end that there because I don't think I can beat that ending, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to waffle. I'm waffling now. Well, 
The best part is I don't know how to end this. I don't have a stop button. I don't have a pause button. I can't listen to anybody's questions. So uh, well, I'm basically just going to turn my computer off and hope that Zencaster saves the damn thing. You don't have a stop button, do you? At the top? No, I no, I don't. We're at one hour, three minutes, and 17 seconds. Though, so we smashed it, maybe. Perfect timing. So just... Do you want me to close or do you want you to close first? Yeah, go ahead and close and I'll I'll um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll hit you up and let you know what time we'll do this again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>